From the Gateway to the West, you are listening to episode one of the Nick and Dave Mousecapades podcast. Happening now, you know, Disney just released, Dave, the coolest summer ever, which is actually a 24-hour nonstop fun special event, May 22nd through the 23rd at the Magic Kingdom. Sounds pretty cool. That's right. You can never have enough time in the Magic Kingdom. That's actually going to be hosted by Olaf. Cast members and actually Disney are going to allow you to actually dress up as your favorite Disney character, which I think, you know... They've probably done that before, but this is the first time I've actually heard about that because usually they just turn people around who dress up in their Disney costumes. Yeah, unless you're like four or five years old. (laughs) Right. I mean, they let you wear like shirts and, you know, you've seen the running team wear their little skirts and the Minnie Mouse hats and things like that, which if they can see you, they'll let you through. But as far as dressing up in an actual costume where it could be kind of hard to see your face and things like that, apparently... They're, they're, they're allowing you to actually just dress up and go on through the gates, which I think is pretty cool. And at the same time, Dave, you know, at California Adventure, they're going to be celebrating the Disneyland Resort Diamond Celebration, which is May 22nd, also through the 23rd. It's the 24-hour event. They have the new Paint the Night Parade, which is kind of cool. After dark, along the Disneyland Parade route, guests will be among the first to see the new Paint the Night Parade showcasing, you know, beloved characters and dazzling parade scenes illuminating with more than, get this, 1.5 million individual controlled lights for the first time. All these LED parade lights in the Disneyland Resort area. It's actually making Disneyland Resort history, by the way. At the same time, they're going to be kicking off the new world of color, and to kick that off, they have brought in Neil Patrick Harris... Doogie Hauser. Yeah, I know, which is kind of cool. Uh, that was an awesome show. You know, growing up, I watched that. And so I think that would be kind of cool to bring him in. He was kind of funny with that awards ceremony a couple yeah, weeks he ago. Yeah, was, he was great on the Oscars a couple weeks ago. And, and I tell you what, if, if you haven't been out to California Adventure, that's the best thing I think Disney has ever done is that World of Color show. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. If you, if you haven't seen it, get out there and get a chance to just sit down, relax, and, and, and watch it. I think that would be awesome. You know, Disney Hollywood Studios, May 15th through June 14th of 2015, Dave, they're still holding their Star Wars weekends. And what's sad about this, my family, we actually get there on June 14th. So we get there the very last day, we'll probably get there in the afternoon. Not really too much time to head out to Hollywood Studios and, and, and see all the cool things that they have to offer for the Star Wars weekends. You know I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I would love to get out there and see that. That's poor planning on your part. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) And next time. Being teachers, you can only pick through a couple months where you can actually get down there. So you have to wait till you're out of school. So we've talked about the Magic Kingdom. We've talked about Hollywood Studios. Oh, oh, one other thing I want to bring up with the Magic Kingdom. You know there are new viewing areas to watch the fireworks. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Nope. They're going to be around Central Plaza area between Main Street USA and Cinderella's Castle at the Magic Kingdom. And, you know, I've been looking at these pictures online to see what they look like. And they've done pretty cool things where they've cleared some paths and put in some sidewalks and some people can actually go and lay down and watch these fireworks. How cool is that? Nice. I'll bring my grill. We can have a little (laughs) barbecue on the lawn. You know, I think in the future that, you know what, baby steps, Dave, because I, I saw pictures of individuals actually picnicking you know, out there. Uh, so I was kind of perplexed when I saw that. I didn't think Disney would allow something like that. You know, if someone's picnicking, it's, it's only time until someone brings the grill in. Well, are you ready for some basketball, Nick? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm not really the basketball type. 
I kind of cringe. It's March Madness. I know I'm probably the only one in the country that kind of cringes when March Madness comes on because it just suffocates your whole world and every channel you scroll down on a television when I actually have the opportunity to watch television because, you know, my kid takes control of it and I haven't watched TV in months. But when I do want to sit down and just watch, like, the History Channel or something, I can get to that. But then you have to you have to scroll through all this basketball. And I'm not as a big basketball fan as you. I know you're, you're a huge fan. It is March Madness time, and uh, Disney's getting in the action. On Sunday night, the NCAA announced the teams that would be going to the big dance. But Disney one-upped them. On Saturday, they actually released the new bracket for their March Magic Tournament. Oh, this Let is me cool. tell you what this is. Let me tell you what this is. This is a... Uh, Hand-picked rides and attractions from Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney World Resort on the East Coast. So we've got West Coast versus East Coast here, and they set up a bracket, and we have all of the West Coast attractions facing off against each other to have the opportunity in the end to face an East Coast attraction. So all of the East Coast will be facing up, and the brackets are set up that way, West Coast versus East Coast, and... Uh, eventually, we will have a West Coast bracket champion and an East Coast bracket champion that will face off in the championship for March Magic. Now, Disney did this last year, and I participated with my family. What's cool about this is for the NCAA March Madness championship, uh, my family fills out brackets, and we're we're uh, we're basketball fans around here. But we've had a down year with basketball in 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 my area, and I'm a big Mizzou Tiger fan, and. Uh, they were horrible this year, so I didn't follow them as well as I should have. And even our local team, the St. Louis, uh, St. Louis University team, did not do too well this year. So I have not watched basketball very much this year, and uh, because of that, my bracket's going to suffer. So Disney has actually decided to bring everybody into this mix of March Madness by calling this bracket March Mad Magic. And let me tell you how it works. We've got two attractions. Uh, for instance, we'll have two Disneyland attractions, or it could be a Disneyland or, and against a California Adventure attraction. You'll have two West Coast attractions that will face off against each other. And they have it set up on the Disney, uh, Disney Parks blog that you go on there. You can do this through their Facebook page also, and I think maybe even Twitter has it uh, through the Disney Parks blog. And they have a time frame set up where they open up each matchup. So, for instance, we've got the Pirates of the Caribbean versus World of Color. That's the Pirates of the Caribbean on the West Coast, the Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean versus the World of Color, which is a Disney California adventure. Uh, those two those two attractions will match up. And what that means is that the public will go on and vote for their favorite of those two rides. And during a certain voting window, uh, they'll Disney will add up the votes. And at the end of that time frame, whichever attraction has the most votes will win that matchup and move on in the in March Magic Tournament. This sounds pretty cool. And... You're gonna keep tallies on my picks, right? Yeah, well, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring some to you here in a second, just to see what this is like. Uh, but my family really gets into this. We did it last year, like I said, and uh, Disney does it right because they they pick the attractions such that it just tears at you because you've got two of your favorite attractions that you have to square off against. So we will, uh, like I said, we'll have a West Coast champ and an, and an East Coast champ, and then they will match up in the final of the March Magic bracket. So here we go. Let me throw a couple of matchups at you. First, we've got the Pirates of the Caribbean, Cannonballs, versus the World of Color, Spectrum. Uh, this is easy, Dave. Uh, I'm going to have to go with World of Color, hands down. I mean, yep, who me wouldn't? Me too. Like I said earlier, World of Color is the best thing I think Disney's done as far as attraction. It, it, it beats all their nighttime shows for sure, so we're in agreement on that one. All right, here's another one. 
Still on the West Coast here, we've got the Jungle Cruise Headhunters against the Radiator Spring Racer Velocity. You know, as much as I love Radiator Springs, and I think, you know, geniuses just sculpted that landscape and put that together and really immerse you in the land of Radiator Springs, and it's just so beautiful, especially at night, Dave. I know you and I were there when the lights came on and they started playing the music, and and it was just something spectacular. It was really magical. You know, I, I have to go with something tried and true and, and tradition, and that's the Jungle Cruise. I just I love everything about it. Yeah, this is where we're going to differ. I'm going to go with the Radiator Racers ride. I tell you what, technology is an amazing thing, and Disney really did it upright when they did this ride. It is fantastic from beginning to end. But I tell you what, if you go, you better get your Fast Pass because last time we were there, the wait was four hours in the standby line. Well, I know you and I stood in line forever just to get all the way to the front, right? And then they remember they uh, they closed it for a little yep. while. Yep. We got all the way up there, and they closed it. We even went back, and the line was way too long. Uh, but we eventually got on it. Go ahead. Cool. All right, so now we're going over to the East Coast. These are all attractions at the Walt Disney World Resort uh, down in Orlando. So here we go. Our first matchup we have is going to be the Star Wars Adventure Continues Troopers against the Expedition Everest Yetis. Who you got? And this is – okay, so, yeah, we're in Orlando right now. Uh, you know you know, I'm a huge Star Wars nut, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go with Star Tours. I like – Honestly, I like the Star Tours ride over on the West Coast a little better than I did on the one on the on the East Coast. Uh, I couldn't tell you why. They're pretty much probably the exact same thing. I don't know. I just thought it was cooler on, on the West Coast. But I'm going to have to go with Star Tours. How about you? I think I'm going to go against you again. I have uh, I have Expedition oh, Everest. I, I tell you what, that Expedition Everest is the best roller coaster Disney has to offer. All right, last matchup here. The last, last matchup, one, I'm, well, this is the last one I'm bringing to you. Now, they have many more matchups. You're going to have to go to the Disney Parks blog and download the bracket. Uh, and we're going to continue, continue this from week to week, right? Oh, yeah, this goes okay, on. Okay, sweet. This goes on. So we've got uh, the last one I'm bringing to you is going to be uh, the Rock and Roller Coaster Rockers. Okay. Versus the Test Track Drive. Okay, you know, Rock and Roller Coaster, this is a true story, and people are probably going to make fun of me out there. You know, one thing about me, I hate riding roller coasters in the dark. Can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand going backwards, and I know you like the Everest roller coaster. I can't stand going into the dark, not knowing where I'm going. When I'm on a roller coaster, I have to be up front. Most times I have, you know, learned to live a little, and I can sit back further in some further carts near the back. But um, I absolutely loved the rock and roller coaster uh, there at Hollywood Studios. And uh, I'm going to have to go with that one. That one was a blast. All right. I am going to actually uh, go against you again, I think. I think I'm going to go against you and do Test Track. Since they re-imaged that Test Track and uh, did the refurb, and, and, and my daughter loved the old Test Track, but this new Test Track, I can't wait to get her down there and put her on it because this new Test Track is going to be awesome. Sweet. Yeah, so uh, there's actually 64 teams in this tournament, this March Magic tournament. Uh Nick and I are going to fill out our brackets, and we're going to post them on our Facebook site, and uh, we encourage you to do the same. Also, we'll put a link up there to visit the Disney blog, Disney Parks blog so that you can get on and do your voting for this March Magic. And just fill your brackets out and follow along with us week to week. We'll do a recap and see uh, which attractions came off, which ones we disagreed and agreed with on uh, each round of the tournament. And uh, just like March Madness for the NCAA, Disney has done it up with March Magic, the bracket. That's great, Dave. Thanks a lot, man. 
Coming up next, we have our interview with Chrissy, a former cast member. But first, a message from our sponsor, Two Tickets to Paradise.net. You're listening to The Mousecapades Podcast, sponsored by Two Tickets to Paradise.net. What if you could travel like a rock star for pennies on the dollar? What if you could earn an unlimited number of $1,000 bonuses for showing others how to do the same? What if we could show you how to become completely financially free in the most exciting, sexy, fun business on the planet? Perfect, because we have all of that with a brand new company that just launched. A company with proven management, unique and documented technology, and perfect timing. A product that everybody wants and even dreams about and a compensation plan that pays out better than anything in the industry. It's called Surge 365. Find out how you can be a part of something big and make your travel and financial dreams come true. Timing is everything, and positioning is vital. It's your time. Let's go. Today we have a former cast member, Chrissy, who worked at the Disney store here in a local mall in St. Louis, Missouri, ended up finding her way to the Magic Kingdom, served as a Disney ambassador in downtown Disney, representing all the celebrations and functions, and actually that's where she met her future husband. Hey, Chrissy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Chrissy, how's it going? Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. Chrissy, how did your passion for Disney get started? Tell us about that magical quest and where it all began. Um, from the very beginning? From the very beginning. Where did it start for you? Um, well, I think probably at birth. I was born into a family of Disney nerds. Um, there, there really wasn't a time that I don't remember vacationing um, to Walt Disney World. Um, or at least we couldn't be in Florida without stopping. Yeah, that's great. I know for me it started when I was four years old. I can remember taking my first journey to the Magic Kingdom and pushing through and walking through Cinderella's castle. And I talked about that in our, you know, inaugural episode. Yeah, and for me, my family, I don't remember a time where we didn't go to Disney at least once a year. We'd go on vacation and we would just spend that quality time at Disney at least uh, um, one day every year. So yeah, it definitely does leave a lasting impression for all of us. Yes. And see, here it left such a lasting impression for you that you actually decided to devote a career towards working for the mouse, Walt Disney. Yes, yes. I, I had a, a slight obsession with all things Mickey um, as a child. I still have my transistor radio, my record player, my records, um, my very large three-and-a-half-foot-ish um, plush Mickey Mouse is in my mom's basement still. It was a gift from my uncle being the first niece. He had to 
bestow the largest Mickey Mouse he could find. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those things around. I remember I had a Mickey Mouse telephone in my bedroom when I was little. Yes. Didn't have a phone line, but I sure did have that Mickey Mouse telephone in my room. Kept it forever. So tell us how you got started with Disney in the first place. Um, well, when I was third or fourth grade, um, we had to write an essay um, what you wanted to be when you grew up. Um, I didn't do the typical teacher, vet, mommy, doctor, president type thing. I wanted to be a Walt Disney World ambassador. Um, I wanted to wear that plaid. I, um, had some explaining to do because nobody knew what a Walt Disney World ambassador really was. How did your teacher respond to that? Uh, what in the world is this? <laughs> <laughs> I said I wanted to work for Disney World. She says, that that's that's just that's crazy and uh i basically set out to prove her wrong i guess <laughs> so fast forwarding then a couple years as you got older and through your teen years you actually applied to work at the disney store in a mall here in st louis right correct, correct. um it was after um one of my family's one of our fairly larger trips um i was in my early 20s and i was still tagging along with mom and dad in my uh sisters and brother on the old family vacations um i just saw how the cast members treated my family um in fact i want to say that year my mom might have even been in a wheelchair because you know like the day before we left she slipped on our front porch and broke her leg <laughs> you bring up a good point you know how the cast members treated you you know you can go anywhere in the world but only at disney do they really treat you like royalty they treat you like a king you get five star service Absolutely. I, I just saw how, how the cast members, you know, cared for my mother um, and her five children tagging along with her. And, you know, they really, they went above and beyond and um, just really made sure she was comfortable. They made sure that I, they just, the whole experience was just top notch. Um, I mean, we'd been going there for years and just seeing um, the level of guest service that they gave that particular trip and especially how my father responded. Um, you know, he said, this is why we keep coming back. This is, this is why we stay on property. This is why, why we, we continue. Um, and something just really clicked with me. And I said, this, this has been in my heart for so long. I, I just have to do it. Um, I wasn't quite ready to jump all the way down to Walt Disney World. So um, they were beginning to open the Disney stores all over the St. Louis area. So I applied and I helped open the Northwest Plaza store, which the whole Northwest Plaza is no longer standing. It was over by the airport. Um, and I did help open um, Mid Rivers Mall, but I um, stayed on the Northwest Plaza team um, just because I loved my fellow cast members there. So exactly how long did you work at the local Disney store before you decided that maybe this was something that you wanted to make a career out of? Um, I ended up staying at the Disney stores um, for two years, um, but the ball got rolling probably a year into working for the stores. Um, my managers and district managers, um, they said, we, we see bigger things for you. Um, and I said, okay. Um, and it just took me a little bit of more confidence, I guess I need a little more confidence to uproot and, and move down there. Um, but I finally did it. 
Um, and I'm, I'm glad I did. So what was the application process like to actually apply for the Magic Kingdom? Was this something that you got a phone call from Mickey saying, we've recruited you, come on down? Or did you have to fill out an application? I really need to know because one of these days, that's going to be what I need to do. I'll be right there right after you. Oh, sure, sure. Um, I didn't get a call from Mickey. I, I got a call from, um, I think her name was Anita. Anita in casting. Um, basically, my managers um, had worked with me and, and kind of pushed me through um, applying and and how to go about the actual transfer process. Um went through three phone interviews um, and got the magical call saying um, we'd love to have you have you on board as part of the team. So from that point you just decided to drop everything here in St. Louis and head down to Orlando? Pretty much packed my little Ford Probe as, as stuffed as I could and <laughs> Hey nice car I actually had a Ford Probe sold it to a buddy and it actually now has over 300,000 miles on it, so it's still actually trucking along. <laughs> I see one driving around every now and then. <laughs> but uh, I my little hat back, my parents packed their van and uh, made the trip of it. <laughs> so now you're in Orlando. You're ready for your new job. Did you know anybody down there? What did you need to do? What was the process now that you're in the area that you need to be in? <laughs> um, I didn't really know too many people. I... Um, I knew a few people from other Disney stores around the country who had made the jump. And, um, well, the internet didn't really exist back then, so we couldn't, like, message and see how things were going. Um, but, yeah, I went down there knowing nobody, um, took a couple copies of Eyes and Ears, which is the cast member newspaper, um, started circling roommates needed, and started making phone calls to people I totally didn't know. <laughs> and took my chance with one. <laughs> How much time did you have before you actually had to start your position? Um, well, I was fairly lucky. I, I had a week to kind of transition myself before I had to jump in um, to the whole like work and training experience. Um, I had my Disney Store ID, so I was able to um, park hop. I consider that training, definitely. I mean, if you're down there and you have a week, that's what you need to do to start your learning. Definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. I learned as much as I possibly could. Um, but then I started Traditions, which um, for those who may not be familiar with it, it is um, kind of like a, like a three-day course, I think it was, um, of the history and heritage of the Walt Disney Company and how your role, um, how whatever role you play fits into the big picture of the Walt Disney Company. So that's really neat. So there actually is a course on the history of Disney. You actually taught that course? Um, I did teach a modified version of the course for Disney store cast members in St. Louis, which I really enjoyed. And Dave, don't you wish we could actually teach our classes that? Definitely. That'd be awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, I, I'm a huge Disney trivia nerd. Well, I, I slipped off my game, but um, I actually represented the Disney stores in um, our trivia competitions. Um, the questions were written by Dave Smith himself. Oh, that's awesome. I never got to meet him, but um, I felt very honored that I knew enough to at least participate. So what was your first position down there? After your O-week was over with and you're all trained up, 
Did somebody just walk by and give you the keys to the kingdom? Or did oh, you I have wish. something else that needed to be done before your training? What did you do? What was the process like? My first job, um, I was transferred to the world of Disney, which is the largest shop on merchandise shop on property. Um, basically, I, my job was to stock keychains and pens and pencils, all the little tchotchkes that you bring home. Um, about a month and a half after that, um, they said, yeah, you, you've got a little bit more than this. Um, and I went to work the merchant, I'm sorry, the information desk and, um, it's kind of like guest service light. World of Disney was so big, they kind of had their own guest service area. I think I've been there before because I get lost every time I'm in that store. And you know what's cool? You talk about how your guest services light, as you put it. You know, there you are in that position again. It's kind of the whole circle of life thing. You know, you talked about earlier when you were a child and how the cast members treated you with that magical experience. Here you are now, full circle, treating other families as the cast member with that magical experience. Oh my gosh, I, I know that I'm kind of like one drop in a great big pool, but um, just knowing that I helped shape, even at World of Disney or even in my other jobs at um, MGM, um, especially when I worked at Fantasmic, um, those were, I, I just know that I helped make some magical memories for guests. Yeah, that's definitely one job where you have a huge impact and you can make those magical memories. You know, us as teachers, Dave, we always say, you know, if you've, if you've touched the life of one child, then, you know, we've done our job. But you actually had the opportunity and you touched everyone's heart and actually laid the foundation for those magical memories for everyone. I, I'd like to think so. I, I really do. Looking back, um, it, it just, I, words can't even describe the feeling that you get as a cast member. So as time goes along, you actually grow within your career and you actually became a Disney ambassador. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, kind of, I, I call it ambassador light. <laughs> I um, represented downtown Disney Marketplace. Um, I was one of two representatives of the Marketplace. We had Marketplace, um, the West Side and Pleasure Island. Rest in peace, Pleasure Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that place. We're still bitter about Pleasure Island. Boo! Boo! Um, but um, I served on the downtown council, which we would meet maybe once a week and discuss like goings on, like new things that were happening or what was going on in, in our, each of our areas and how they impacted property, you know, things going on property wide and how things going on property wide impacted us at Downtown Disney. Um, I got to represent downtown Disney and certain um, celebrations um, like the um, Millennium Celebration was really big when I was down there and um, I got to represent um, downtown Disney for Millennium Celebration and the 100 Years of Magic Celebration and various cast functions that kind of thing. So this is more of a personal question for me because when I retire my job is going to be to go down and become a cast member at the Magic Kingdom. So my question to you is, do they just take people from outside of the parks to work inside of the parks, or do you have to do the path that you took and work your way through the company uh, to get into the parks? Oh, gosh, yes, yes. In fact, um, I have several friends now in Central Florida who had no Disney background who, um, who worked for the mouse. Um, awesome. I just need to know that there's a little bit of hope out there for me. <laughs> yeah, for both of us, Dave. Oh, that's 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I just, um, I was put, I was placed inside World of Disney because um, that's kind of where they, they placed all of the, the Disney store transfers. Right. That was your expertise. So that's where they put you. Yeah. Um, I, I loved working at MGM. That was my um, favorite park. I mean, I, I'll always love the Magic Kingdom for sentimental reasons, but um, I just loved the feel of MGM, and I enjoyed picking up overtime shifts there. Kind of goofy how it happened, but I knew how to engrave and embroider um, on the machines that they had. So let's fast forward again. Later on in your career, you find yourself working hard, putting in some extra overtime, and something magical happened. A little bit. <laughs> um, so they needed some help for Super Soap Weekends, which um, they no longer do because really soap operas don't really exist much anymore. Um, but Super Soap Weekends were a big, huge um, weekend event um, celebrating all of the ABC soap stars. They needed some help embroidering T-shirts with the logo on it. So I picked up several overtime shifts there, and here I am just sewing these goofy shirts and uh, all these little old ladies who worked at MGM in the embroidery shop they're like oh you need to meet Mike you know he's so nice he's so sweet he's hardworking. he's a family man and I'm like whatever you know I'm here I'm just working so you were just like a little MacGyver you did a little bit of everything um I need to make money um so I met him and he was pretty cool and we had lunch in the MGM cast cafeteria and I um Married him. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So I got to ask, you met your husband at Disney. You worked for Disney. Did you guys go ahead and have that magical wedding, that Disney wedding? <sighs> Regrettably, no. My sister had a Disney wedding, so I let her have all that. I, it was important for me to get married here in St. Louis with my family, um, and he was cool with that. We had a lot of Disney touches in our wedding, don't get me wrong. <laughs> But it wasn't um, a fairy tale wedding. When you came back up here to St. Louis for your wedding, did you end up staying put here in St. Louis, or did you go back down to Orlando and work for the mouse? We we ended up staying put here. Um, it was it was a while. Our engagement was a while. <laughs> um, so I ended up staying in um, Central Florida for just shy of four years, um, and. We both just continued working for the mouse. I um, ended up over at MGM Studios um, working in Right Block, which are the shops on Sunset as you enter to the very right, um, which I'm kind of sad because one of the shops I worked in is now a Starbucks. Oh, oh Starbucks. They're popping up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> LA Prop, the, um, the toy store on the corner. That's really where, where Mike worked quite a bit. Um, when we met, um, it is now a Starbucks. Uh, then I couldn't keep away from Disney. I, um, eventually went back to work for the Disney stores, um, worked at the one at Mid Rivers Mall. Um, at the time, Disney stores weren't no longer owned by the Walt Disney Company, so it was kind of weird. We still got some of the perks, um, but we definitely got all the merchandise, <laughs> discounts on merchandise. Um, so I did that until they shut down all of the stores um, in the area, which was quite sad. But it was 
funny because Disney rebought the Disney stores and then closed them all. So I did get one last paycheck from the Walt Disney Company. Frame it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for all of those that are just dying to get to get into the Disney Company, any words of wisdom, words of advice that you can give our listeners? Um, gosh, just keep just keep trying. Don't give up. I mean, you may not start with the job that you envision. Um, but there are so many opportunities. I mean, just something new around every corner at, at Disney. As, as a guest, you know that. But definitely as a cast member, um, so many different opportunities to take advantage of and just learn as much as you can. I mean, I, like you said, it was kind of a MacGyver, kind of a jack of all trades. Um, it really opened some doors for me. Awesome. Chrissy, I just want to let you know that I took notes on everything that you just said. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for, you know, coming on tonight and giving us the time and speaking with us on our very first episode of the Nick and Dave Mousecapades podcast. Thanks a lot, Chrissy. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you for having me. I, I am honored. I am honored. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have an idea or simply just want to share your Disney side on our show? Email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can text us at 407-674-0414. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast.